Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Improvise Till You Make It. I'm Blake. I'm Henry. And we're Henry, Henry and Blake. Blake. Ta-da! Improvise Till You Make It is a podcast all about the improv mindset. And on this podcast, we talk to other improvisers about how they use the improv mindset on stage and if and how they apply it off stage to live brighter, fuller lives. And today we are talking with none other than the one, the only, Justin Credible. Hi, Justin. Yay. Oh, Hi, you're Justin. Here. Hello. So great to be here. It's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Great. Oh, Justin. Uh, so tell us, how are you today, Justin? It's Saturday. You're here. Uh, yes, I have a slightly raspier voice than normal because it is Berlin after all. After all. Yeah. What did so. you get up to last night? Um, I went to a party, but I ended up socializing in the queue most of the time. Yeah. Uh, and then right before getting in, my friend said, oh, we're leaving the party. We're going to go somewhere else, which was fine because I have just as much fun. Actually, I find a great place to meet people is in the queue because there's no music. You have mm. you're like forced to be together. Yeah. And real um, conversations. Yeah. Real conversations. Yeah. I actually I was at the same party as Justin last night. We were in separate parts of the queue and I thought it was going to be a pretty quick wait in the line because there was sort of a line outside. So I was in the line. I was waiting and I was like, OK, that's maybe a half an hour. It's fine. So I was just kind of sticking in myself. Uh, and I wasn't really interacting with other people. And then I got into the door that I thought was the door and saw that there was a second line. And I was like, oh, okay, if I'm going to stand in this line, the party has to start now. I can't like, I can't wait till I get in. And actually, you know, to, to, um, um, promote the improv mindset it was just like all right the party has to start now this is where it starts so just get get chatting start chatting with the i don't usually like chatting with strangers in lines uh, I, I don't know why i find it to be really uncomfortable but i was like no tonight is not uncomfortable this is where the party starts and thank god i did because i spent another hour in the line and then got bounced <laughs> and if i hadn't been chatting with those people i would have spent you know then it was kind of fine like we drank a beer we had a laugh it was kind of okay uh, and, and when I left, I was obviously very disappointed and downtrodden that the bouncer didn't think I was cool enough for this party or whatever. But then I was like, you know what, actually though, I did spend an hour chatting with really nice people, had a beer. It was a cool experience in the end. It was just fine. So good, good on you, Justin. All that matters is who you're with. It's not where you are. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Inspiring. Very inspiring. Justin, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you? What are you? What's your deal? Can you just give us a little bit of, what's your elevator pitch? Your Justin credible elevator pitch. You get 30 seconds. Um, well, my passion in life is providing opportunity to talented people, um, which is maybe a really fancy way of saying I'm a producer. Mm -hmm. Um, I started my career quote unquote in front of the camera, uh, as a kid. So I started acting when I was about eight years old and, um, and then I loved, I was somewhat successful, um, did a whole bunch of different stuff and I love being on set always. And so eventually I did every job I possibly could once I was old enough. So PA, grip, gaffer, craft service, camera, casting, whatever I could. Um, and then ultimately uh, it kind of led to producing because I also found it was easier to hire myself uh, as an actor <laughs> if I was the producer. Smart. Um, yeah. So And then uh, now also writing um, because I also found it's really easy to write myself into stuff. So first I hire myself <laughs> as a writer and then I write myself into the script and then, uh, I, and then that's, it goes from there. And then, and then you produce the, the script that you wrote. Exactly. Perfect. Great. Do you enjoy the process of writing or producing or it is really just so you can get a job? Uh, I actually love it. I, I, I yeah. love doing it. I, I, I think this is probably the greatest job on the planet to work in production in general. Okay. Whether it's events or immersive theater or film, 
um, usually get access to experiences that you would never have access to otherwise. Yeah. And what is your relationship to improv? Um, I have a very close relationship to improv. Uh, it is in my soul 100%. Um, because I started doing improvisation when I was very young for acting. And I always mm. loved doing it because I was I didn't like memorizing lines. <laughs> um, so improv was really perfect. Um, and uh, I, with time, kind of realized that improv had had such an influence on my life because I am a strong believer in the fact that people should say yes and more in life and mm. that they will lead more interesting lives. And so it's a matter of, you know, being in a social situation where an opportunity comes up. And if you say no, that opportunity then goes away. But if you say yes, you can see where it leads to. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, there are two philosophies, the kind of yes and for a more interesting life. And then the second one that my brother taught me, which is if you're presented with two stories and you're not sure which one to take, try to take the one that'll be the more interesting story in the end. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's so funny that you say that. And I, I'm, because that's exactly what went through my head last night. I like, cause we've talked about this and I was in that first line. I got through the first line, come through the door. And then I saw like, Oh shit, there's at least another hour of, of cue. And I thought normally, like, I don't, I don't really party that much these days. And I normally I was just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go home actually. Like, I don't want to wait in this line. And then I actually heard your voice, like, go with the story that's more interesting. And I thought, what's more interesting, me going home now to what I already know will be happening when I get home, or me staying in this line and just seeing what happens. And I stayed in the line, and I got bounced, which was unfortunate. But, I mean, I really was so glad about that in the moment. Like, no, this is the more interesting thing to do, to stay in this line. And I'm glad I did. I got to meet a cool person, had a nice, like, had a free beer. Uh, I got bounced, which was sad, but, like, I don't know. There was something also very very rewarding in that because then I was like, usually I'd like beat myself up about it. Like, Oh, I'm not cool enough. I'm not smart enough. I said the wrong thing to the bouncer, but it was nice to get bounced and kind of walk away and be like, well, that's life. Wasn't my fault. Just that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And like getting, a ch it was a chance to see personal growth, which I would never have anticipated going to that party. Be like tonight, I'm going to see personal growth. <laughs> exactly. And at least you tried. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And I felt, I felt so thank you for that, uh, that message, Justin, it resonates in my ears all the time now. You're very welcome. Um, I would like to ask you a quick question. Uh, Justin, today's episode, we're going to get into the details of what today's episode is about, but uh, the, the basic theme of it is make everyone else look good. That's what we're talking about today. And so we wanted to start today by asking you, Justin, I would like you to finish the sentence. Something I'm really fucking good at is... Making other people look good. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh, is, that your, is, that, is that your honest answer? Uh, I have been told that, yes. All right, great. Can uh, you elaborate a bit on that? Why are you good at making other people look good, Justin? Uh, well, one, I, even though I'm you know, based in LA, uh, I'm not that self-centric. <laughs> um, and I also find that other people have amazing stories or amazing characteristics or are just interesting people. And... Um, they don't, you know, it's hard to promote yourself. It's easy. It's always easy to promote somebody else. Um, and it kind of came from, uh, I remember I was walking down the street when I was very young and, uh, and this w woman walked by and she stopped me and she said, I just want to say that you have a really great style. I like the way you dress. Mm. And it totally made my day for the rest of the day. Like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And I realized that if I, you know, it's so simple to do to somebody else because we often think it, but we don't say it. Yeah. 
we usually say the negative, you know, mm. um, and the positive we think, oh, they just know that anyway. And so I think it's really important to, you know, highlight people's qualities. And so you've just slowly developed this characteristic, like this, this, uh, this capacity over time. Yeah, I guess so. Great. Uh, By the way, have I mentioned you have such a great voice? Justin. Like for radio. Oh my God. Stop it. You but stop is it, that. I, I did that out of jest partially, but <laughs> it's true. Like it's I noticed true. the other day yes. that Blake has this fantastic radio voice. Well, thank you guys very much. Welcome to Improvise to You Make It with Blake. This is KR97, uh, the, the jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be available to do my outgoing voicemail? Oh, my God. Please, <laughs> please, can I be Justin Credible's outgoing voicemail? It would make my day. I actually did that for a friend. I had a friend who's, whenever you called her, it would, <laughs> hello, you've reached Mariette. I can't come to the phone right now, but if you'll leave me your name and number, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. That's it. That's oh it. I want God. it. I want it. Uh, <laughs> before, be a it's a line of business, yeah. <laughs> Yes, uh, please get in touch. I will happily record your outgoing voicemail messages, please. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll negotiate. We'll talk price. This is finally my artistic career is taking off. So how did you earn your first million? Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. Well, Today we're talking about value number six from Henry and Blake's Improv Manifesto. Make everyone else look good. Take it away, Henry. Make everyone else look good. We're all in the same boat. We sell together. We sing together. Your success depends on the success of everyone around you. Support, encourage, and seek the success of the collective as a means of supporting your own success. Make everyone else look good. Justin, what does all of that mean to you as it relates to the improv stage? Well, for the improv stage, mm -hmm. uh, that means make sure their lighting is really good. Um, make sure that they're in the right position <laughs> for their best angle. Is that, they're uh, well-dressed. <laughs> they're well-dressed. Like, if They've they all have got their a hair costume. out of place, yeah. like, I'll just get on stage the and basics. fix it. Live Photoshop that. There yeah. we go. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Um, I, well, I think it's probably one of the core values to yes ending. I mean, is is supporting the situation, um, and by supporting the situation, if you know, it will make the other person look good, and thus make the scene better, thus making yourself look good. So it's really selfish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> making um, everyone else look good is all about me. Yeah, it's all about me. <laughs> no, it's uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's probably one of the most important values. Um, uh, it and but it goes hand in hand with the with the yes and in general, mm. you know. Um, and I and I think one core element of that is listening. Um, you know, not coming into letting the other person because usually if it's it, when I think of make everybody else look good. It's, you know, you're usually the second person coming into a stage mm -hmm. or a scene or something like that. And so, you know, you have to give the other person time to set up the scenario because they got up usually with some reason or some idea or yeah. concept that they want to pursue. And often it happens where you're just kind of nervous, you know, and so you just start engaging something else and it totally blows the other person. So then you're both kind of like, okay, where are we? What are we figuring yeah, right. out? How does that manifest itself on an improv scene? You walk onto a stage, there's somebody there, so you talk about listening and supporting, but like can we what would be a more concrete like way to to interpret that, making everyone else look good? Maybe we should just do an improv. Well, then we'll, we could <laughs> then we could actually fulfill this and okay. give people a hard example. Yeah. Show don't tell. I mean, that's hard on a podcast, Henry, really. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we can show metaphorically. I mean, we're, improv. we're improvising our asses off here, yes. but you guys can't see it. It's all mime improv. It's like the object work is fantastic. It, it's <laughs> like, I didn't know you could do that with a chainsaw. That's that amazing, a, right? Just right. juggling you, three you, like, of them, juggling three of them right now at the same time. It's incredible, Henry. Yeah. 
Um, Silent, too. The electric ones. <laughs> they're so quiet. Yeah, like the, the hybrids. Tesla. Know. The Tesla of chainsaws. The Tesla of chainsaws. Elon Musk, you've got your next idea. <laughs> so how did you make your second billion dollars, Elon Musk? Well, funny story. <laughs> we, we cut to a very long line outside of a club. Uh, where several people, well, the line is extremely long. Uh, everyone is pretty quiet, uh, apart from a few people who are standing in the line. <sighs> Boy, this, uh, this line ain't going anywhere, man, you know? God. I, just, I feel like I've been standing here all day. Yep. One hour and 26 minutes now. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, 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 guys! Uh, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm alone here. Um, do you mind if I just slide in line here with you guys? Would that be, would that be cool? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Oh, cool, great! Thank you so much. Yeah, great. Yeah, hi. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we're, uh, yeah, we're just talking about how lame it is. This line is so long. You know what I mean? It's just taking forever. Oh wow! How long have you guys been waiting here? Been waiting here for an hour an already. Hour and at least another half an hour. Seven minutes. Wow! At least another hour to go. Oh my gosh! Half an hour. Well, my friends are inside. They say it's really amazing. It's probably the best party that Berlin's ever had. Okay. I'm really, really stoked to get in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Look, uh, can I be honest with you guys? Oh, hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, I've been standing here this whole time and just thinking, like, why aren't we all having fun now? You know what I mean? Like, look here, hmm. I brought a cooler. And uh, you guys want a beer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Cool, thanks. Thank you very much. Oh, cool. Yeah, so uh, listen, I've, I've been to this party so many times. Let me tell you something. Uh, the line is about as good as it gets. It's really, this well, is this is where the party's actually happening. Wow. So like, this is the party. So, well, well, there's the party inside, but I can tell you right now that this, this is where the fun really is. It's in the line. This is where we're going to meet and just chat and get crazy together. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's very cool. All right. Oh, well. amazing. This is really fun. Yeah, I always feel that in Berlin you should not speak in the queue, but... Oh, we cut to 30 minutes later in the line. Um, some people are trying to... They're in line to get in line. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You can't come in. Oh, um, oh, you, come on. No, I really want to just get in line. I, I don't... No, you're not, you're not dressed appropriately. You don't have the vibe of this line. Okay, oh. I mean, if it's okay, I'm, I'm happy to take out my winter jacket. Uh, yeah, that's just not going to cut it. This line is a very particular kind of line. Look, oh, but I brought wait. glitter just to like glitter up the other people in the line. I brought I brought some. You know booze what, glitter to... boy, you're in. That's oh, fine. Yes. Oh no, re- jacket boy, I'm sorry. Oh, it's not no. tonight. Shit. Maybe try another lifetime. Oh my god. So anyway, the party like this is so great. This is so great. Right uh, the two bouncers of the the, the the two line bouncers begin conferring. I think I really prefer bouncing the line than bouncing the actual door. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is really where this is a pretty cool spot here. People get yeah. people get really intense about getting in that line, don't they? Yeah, I've never. I mean, I've never had to to beat so many people up. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, yeah. I'm having second thoughts about what we do for a living. Oh, tell uh, tell me about it, Standor. Look, look how sad Jacket Boy was when we sent him off. You yeah, know? but that's life. Sometimes life gives you some rough patches. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just, I just feel like, isn't there a way we can let everyone wait in line? You know, it's they'll get bounced from the door anyway. Maybe we should just let everyone go have their fun in line. Oh, but if we let everybody wait, it, you know what? Let's do it. Everybody, everybody who's in line can wait in line. We cut to the inside of the club. Where is everybody? There's, I don't understand. It I, is tumbleweed. It is. There's an actual tumbleweed. <laughs> Okay, that's a tumbleweed that just blew past. What is this club? I don't understand where everyone is. We hear over the over the fence. 
Is that the sound of the music from outside? Hang on a second. I'm going to go up to the door. Yes, hello. Uh, yeah, sorry. I just, I don't want to leave, but like there's nobody in here and I was just wondering where's, it seems like there's a lot of fun going on out here. I, I'm sorry. Uh, you want to, we can't let everybody into line. You're in the club. You're going to have to oh, stay but, in the club. Sorry, oh, sir. Come Oh. It sucks out here. Can I just please look? They, oh wow, those guys are. There's somebody crowd surfing in the line. There's. Oh my god. Okay, oh my look. God. Can I please leave the club and get in line? Can no, you please? not at all. I, it, like you. Mm. No, you have to stay there. What, what do I not have the right vibe? What's going on here? You don't have the right vibe. You don't. You're not wearing any glitter. You haven't offered glitter. I, I, you haven't even offered to take your jacket off. I mean, I'll get naked if it means I get to get in that line. I mean, if it is that. Although, I mm, guess it's pretty cold. Standing naked on the line wouldn't make a lot of mm. sense, would it? Yeah, you'd need a lot of glitter to cover that up. Yeah, it looks pretty much like an inside club person. Yeah, right? kind no, of look, no, no, you know, no. there no. are potatoes and tomatoes. Mm, not the same. Mm. Not the same. So, you're a tomato. Sorry. <sighs> Just, we cut back to the bouncers of the queues. Uh, standard, uh, Marcus, uh, we're going to have you... Uh, we basically upgrade you to being the bouncers of the queue. Of the queue. We're going to uh, set up another queue to get into the second queue. Oh right, wow! Well, this is escalated. Moving on up in the well, world. This is uh, this feels good. Do you, do, my my wife is going to be so proud of me. I've, I knew we were doing a good thing for the world by you know getting people in this line so they can all have it. Look how great a time! Look at how, how big this line is. It's fantastic. Well, we, we cut to a line trying to get into the line, to another line trying to get into that line. Um, all right, guys, just stand, just, just be cool. Just be cool. Like don't really act like you don't want to be in the like. You, just yeah, act you don't like you don't want to be in the line. You don't even want to get in the line. Yeah, yeah. and see. <laughs> <laughs> we are Henry and Blake, and we're on a mission to empower everyone to become active life improvisers, so that together we can build a world in which everyone is excited to play their parts. We use improv as a context for teaching soft skills, hard skills, and everything in between. So if you're curious about how the improv mindset can help you and your team trust more openly, collaborate more effectively, or just get together, blow off some steam, and have a good time, check out our workshops and get in touch with us through our website at henryandblake.com. And if you want to do some improv, check out our meetup page, Improvise Till You Make It. We organize regular drop-in sessions where a bunch of people get together for a few hours to play improv games and have loads of fun. It's open to all improv experience levels, and we usually go for a drink and hang out after. And if you want to see some improv, you can check out our improv team, Skeleton Brains, on a stage near you. We play live English improv shows all across Berlin and further afield, so if you want to find out where you can see us next, check out our Facebook page or our Instagram page at Skeleton Brains. Happy, Happy improvising, improvising, and, and see, see you soon. soon. <laughs> Let's take it meta. <laughs> okay, I, I enjoyed that very, very much. Um... So making everyone else look good, you walk onto an improv scene, there's somebody on stage already, they've come up with their idea. What, I mean, you say support, and I, and I think that's, that's right. What does that mean, support? Like, in, in what way do you support someone on an improv stage? What are some of the ways in which you can make someone look good? Listen, uh, support object work, like, like if they're doing a particular um, motion or task, you know, they're miming something, uh, you know, see what it is and then try to either mimic it or do something that can contribute to it. Um, so it's not always just you know verbally listening, but it's visually listening as well. Mm. Um, and then you know you can uh, escalate, like maybe once you find the game, like escalating everything a little bit more. What would be making someone else look bad on an improv stage? Um, upstaging them. 
uh, okay. <laughs> positioning yourself. Uh, what would what would look bad? What would make them look bad? Denying everything that they presented. Yeah. Um, putting it into a uh, um, putting into a transactional situation. But it's so funny. So so something that one realizes as you get better with improvisation, there are these guides or these rules like avoid in teaching and avoid these things and everything like that. But when you watch really good improvisers, they break every single one of those. Rules. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they make it look amazing. And you're like, why don't my, why doesn't my scene at Starbucks look that interesting? I don't understand. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that improvisers may face or ch- what are the, some of the challenges as an improviser to making someone look good? Uh, I think sometimes it's because people, it, it's almost out of insecurity um, and they want to fill time or um, they want to, uh, yeah, they just don't, they, they're not comfortable just being in the, being completely in the moment. They're overthinking the situation mm. um, as opposed to just relaxing and I'm here and I'm playing with this other person and I'm listening to them. I'm watching what they're doing and I'm going to support them fully. I'm going to yes and the shit out of this. Uh, um, as long as, yeah, as long as it, cause you never want to make in life and on stage, you never want to make somebody feel bad or look bad. Mm. It just doesn't. Yeah. I like what you funny. said with the idea of listening first. Um, it's true that I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, (laughs) get me get me um this idea of listening uh, yes when you start or when for any reason you like the uh, the confidence sometimes it's a lot coming out of insecurities you just focus on yourself because you're just super self-conscious and you're like okay i need to build my character i need to try to find jokes all of that shit and you don't get into focusing on the other people and you just don't allow yourself to to listen, to pay attention and to find the things that are going to make the other look good. So yeah, I think it starts with listening. And what does it look like in real life then, this idea of making other people look good? So you mentioned kind of like there's the obvious sort of like, hey, great t-shirt you're wearing today or like, I like your style. You have a nice radio voice. There's the obvious like obvious there's the pointing out of of like good qualities that people have which i totally agree with you on by the way i think that we spend far too little time recognizing the good in other people we assume that they know it we never give people just that that validation and uh but we're very quick to tell people what they're doing wrong what is what is what's at issue what else does making everyone else look good look like in real life makeup Make okay, yeah, you're right. Really great. Make a bit of coconut <laughs> oh, butter before they go to yeah. bed on the on the face. Oh you know? yeah. yeah, it places the coconut butter on the face. <laughs> um, <laughs> what what else makes I I you know making them feel comfortable in an, in a space, mm. um, which I do a terrible job uh, of because <laughs> I make people feel real uncomfortable because I got a lot of racy material. <laughs> As a producer, when you're when you're on set, when you're doing something, what does that look like for you? Making some, making everyone else look good. Um, setting up an environment or a space, or in particular a set, in which everybody can work at their best potential, um, without fear of judgment or retribution or anything like mm. that, I, I think is really important mm. um, because my my job as a producer isn't to do everybody's job or tell them how to do it. My job is to find somebody who's that I believe is good at what they do and then just set up the space so that they can do it. And if I have to get personally involved, then I already have made a mistake at the very beginning. Okay. Um, 
So, or by not creating a space where they can really. That, th- yeah, that's interesting. Like, do you um, tell them um, this idea of like, n- it's a no judgment. Like, I just want you to work a- at-, at your fullest. I trust you. Like, do you, do you tell that to the people you're working with? Uh, no, I think it, it kind of exists just naturally. Um, I, I, I don't make it an explicit thing. I think people know that if they're hired, it's because they've been hired because they're good at what that task is mm-hmm. craft service or whatever it is. Yeah. I love the sort of meta level of what you're describing. So it's like, I'm going to set up a space so that the person that I've hired can do their job well. Yeah. And that will just innately make them look good because, Oh great. The camera work was exactly as it had to be. The craft service was delicious and everybody got hot coffee when they needed it. And yeah, your job is to make them look good in a sense as a producer, your job is to give them the space where they can just be successful at the thing they were hired to do. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. In the in the service industry, the idea of uh, a good service is a service that we don't see. Yeah. yeah. So somehow, somehow, this idea that like, okay, we if if we don't hear about you, it's good. Like you've done your job. Like if we don't focus on that, if we don't see, I guess the the strings that you pulled to make the other look good. If the person just looks good, that's it. You've done your job. Yeah. So it it as I analyze this with you in real time. Yeah. Um, it, for me, the thing that, that really resonates kind of throughout the whole thing is that it really comes down to support, just fully giving a foundation, which everything can be built from, Mm. um, above that. And so that's whether it's having a set like that or having a scene like that, setting up a scene where, you know, the other person knows that you're not going to bail on them. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to. Um, have a heart attack in the middle of the scene. Have a heart attack <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the scene, unless it makes them look good. Yeah, right. <laughs> because they're a surgeon or something. Yeah. And it applies also, you know, same thing with the relationships. If you can make your partner look good, you're going to benefit. We cut to a restaurant where two waiters are leaning against the bar. There's a very busy dining room we see before us. There's lots of people. There's a lot of demand. There's a lot of movement, a lot of customers. It's the lunch rush. And these two waiters are leaning against the bar, uh, having a little chat and a very quick break of theirs. Oh, hmm. I just don't want to work today. Mm. Yes, it's true. Working is uh, like... When you are looking at the sands of time slipping through the hourglass and you realize that every grain is a customer running away without tipping you, life is short. Well said. Sometimes I even don't see them after a while. They're just passing by, flying around, and I just... I feel quiet. You know, I've noticed that when a customer comes into our restaurant and they're a really good customer, I don't even notice them. It's like they don't exist. It's like they're the best client. It's like they're making our life much better. It's like I'm serving an empty table. Excuse me, Jacques. Yeah, hi, I was over at table number eight. I just wanted to let you know that I enjoyed my meal thoroughly. I bust the whole table, wiped it down, uh, pushed in the chairs, and uh, here's your tip. Thank you very much. Have a, have a great day. You're very welcome. See, like, look at that. That was perfect. We have the best clients. I come every day at work, and I don't want to work. And oh. it works. You know, when I first started working at s Bistro... 
it was uh, a total uh, uh, change in my mind, in my head, uh, in my heart to reverse how we exist in our worlds. I've seen you evolve in here as well. When you when you came, you were willing to serve people, and I was. Do you remember when I told you that day, the first day? Don't Chill. serve them. Don't They'll serve, serve them. you. That's what I told you. Yeah, I remember for verbatim. It was amazing. Um, hi, uh, hi, Peter. Uh, just wanted to say thank you so much for your wonderful service. Here's an ashtray for that cigarette you're smoking. Oh, thank uh, you. Really enjoyed the meal, and I just, you know, it was wonderful how you never once came to bother us while we were eating. There was no moment where I felt like you were just too much there. And there's something to be said about, you know, getting up and serving myself. You've really taught me a thing. You know, I got up and I poured my own drinks, by God. And I just want to say thank you. I appreciate. And here is a sponge so you can clean the table right after. <laughs> Don't thank me. Don't thank me. Wow. And uh, for future reference, it's Peter. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Peter. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Peter. I, I, I have a lot to think about him. All right. Thank you. Well, um, he was in our face quite a long time. That was... I, I, I think I, I will give back his tip. <laughs> yeah. We don't deserve to keep it. No, we don't deserve to keep terrible. it. terrible. Yeah. That was really, really bad clienting. Oh. Hey, guys. Um, so I'm pretty new at this uh, restaurant, and I'm just feeling like a little bit stressed because I saw many customers, and they're all running around, and they're all asking me for things, and I'm, I'm feeling like maybe you guys could stop smoking and come help me to uh, maybe to uh, wait oh. on the tables. Oh, I, you don't, I can't. Like a client. Uh, uh, you know, but I first of all, listen... Uh, petit person from Belgium. Oh. Uh, we uh, we want you to realize that in France, the way we do it is much more relaxed. Oh. You know, the okay. customer, they do the work. We they, do not do it. They do the work, but that is our job. We are we are here to serve them. <laughs> oh, he is so naive. Where are you coming from, Belgium? Yes, that's right. Mm. Mm. You know, here in Paris. I suddenly get my French accent with coming back. It's good. I'm starting to blend in. In Paris, we are very well known for not giving a shit about our clients. We're proud of that. Is that part of the charm? Is that part of why they come here? Oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh the oh, Americans. Oh, 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 here, comes, here comes an American customer now. Is he coming to me? Oh, no. Oh, hey. How y'all doing? Oh, he hello. Uh, yes, hi. Uh, yeah, so we uh, we read on Yelp that uh, SM Bistro is the finest dining establishment, and um, we'd love to uh, we'd love to eat here. Um, uh, so, can I get a menu? You, no, no. no. You, listen, of course not. Should we, we give them the menu? We give them the menu. Okay, Madame. First of all, you're speaking a bit too loud. Uh, well, I guess that's just America because we are such a big country. You got to hear us all around. Yeah, that's right. You got to hear us all around. We do love just having a little chat. Uh, now, yeah, if we could just get a menu real quick, maybe you could show us to our seats. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we'd love to have our seats. Uh, hello, what, you you just well, turned your back to us. Yes. Wow. That's all, all three of them turned their back to us. Oh my goodness. Well, okay, uh, guys, let's go. Uh, so, excuse me. We are the kitchen is behind me, so I just the door is open and you help yourself. Now I'm on a break. And I'm not here to speak to you. Oh my gosh. I've never been treated in such a way. It's unreal to be treated like this. Uh, I am a little bit turned on, to be honest. I mean, I'm going to be real that my blood's boiling a little bit and it's kind of rousing my appetite. 
honey, your appetite hasn't been roused since we got married. You better stop that right now. We're going to have to leave this restaurant and go straight back to the hotel. Oh, no, honey. Let's go serve ourselves right now. Okay, you go get the menus. I'm going to go pour us up some drinks, and I'll, we'll just go sit over there at table 15. looks empty. We'll, we'll bust the table real quick, wipe it down. Oh, um, sounds good. Before you're just going there, do you see the two glasses behind me on the bar? You're going to grab, go grab them. I spit on it. I spit it on it. Okay, <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's some information I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with. I'm uh, pretty sure he meant spit, but I I think that's wonderful. <laughs> okay, well, uh you just keep you just keep spitting on glasses, buddy. You're doing your job real well, and I want to thank you for I've never uh, heard my the wife. past tense of spit. Spitted, spat, spit. Uh, spit? Spit. Do you I spit, spit on into it. something? I spit. Anyway, we are uh we we we're, we're feeling Kinkier than we've ever felt in a long time. So Yeehaw. thanks for thanks for showing us that. Off Thank we go. You. I'm gonna go grab the water. You're very welcome. Uh, oh wow. And scene. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> what is you mentioned earlier that when other people look good, you look good. How how does the success of others? benefit us directly how does someone else's success on an improv stage or in life benefit you so i guess you know there's always the fall guy in a joke or the sidekick you know that does things and so um you know like i'm going to use a real old cultural reference that not everybody's going to know johnny carson and egg mcmahon Mm -hmm. sidekick um henry's just shaking his head in total understanding anyway uh probably the greatest talk show host of all time and his sidekick and uh, and Eddie McMahon was always kind of the, sometimes the butt of the joke, but um, he was just often the the straight guy in the joke. He was he, but he supported um, Johnny Carson fully, and made a successful show out of it. So and got paid handsomely out of it. So that's how you succeed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Financial reward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So by making Johnny Carson look good, he kept his job, uh, Ed McMahon, and and, and uh, succeeded that way. Yeah, but it's like yeah, in in humor, you need a fall guy, and in, in you know um, sometimes, and it doesn't. I don't think it's bad to be the butt of the joke. I think you know as long as there's a joke and everybody's laughing. Okay. Do you do you think that there is difficulty in celebrating the success of others? Not at all. But I I feel like I might be weird. Okay. But I don't have any like if somebody else shines, how great is that? Because you know, they, yeah, you're not like jealous. There is no, hmm. no. I I I don't think so. And if there is any jealousy that I've had, maybe it was a for a flash of a moment because you realize that actually the, you know, it's for the greater good. You know, if you get to be a part of something that's really successful, then heck yeah, like great. Are you someone insecure? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, what do you but think? But you're sitting there with do your, I, you're sitting I, there with your arms crossed, Justin. Do, so I'm feeling like you're blocking yourself off from us. I no, but I, like, <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, am I? I Are you insecure? Uh, yeah. Well, the, the reason I'm asking the question <laughs> is, <laughs> so you, you tell me. I look insecure. <laughs> help me. No, I think you're 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 someone who is super open and super charming, and I don't think that um, I mean, if you have insecurities, at least you don't show them. And I think that uh, in that in that particular topic, for me, it's very linked because if you are pretty, you know yourself enough, and if you're confident enough, then when you look at other people's success, 
you're not comparing yourself. You know, you, 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 you can allow yourself to be, to be happy for the other people because there is not, it's not like they're grabbing something that you don't have. If you feel successful, if you feel full in, and, and, and you feel like you know yourself, then yeah, you have a much sounder relationship to other success, I, th- I believe. I 100% agree with you. And also, I mean, there's that saying, like, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people. Yeah. Um, because you can learn from them. Uh, and, you know, like, yeah, you, you learn the path, the route. Um, and just being around it, understanding ideas or how they approach something or whatever, it never hurts to be supportive um, and around those environments. There are instances in life where it seems like the success of somebody else is counter or an impediment to your own success. Like somebody getting that promotion means you don't get that promotion, for example. Uh, or somebody getting a new job, like a friend of yours getting a new job and then they're, they're just happier in general in life sometimes can point out your own unhappiness, for example, or your own frustrations. Uh, in situations like that, how does that relate to this topic and like making everyone else look good, celebrating the success of others? Well. One, it should be authentic. Mm. So if you're like, if somebody who got a job promotion that maybe didn't deserve it and you're like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. Yay. You're amazing. And, but inside you're like, I want to murder you. Yeah. Um, then, uh, you know, you should be, you should be true to yourself. Uh, and then maybe under, try to understand or analyze why that maybe occurred and then realize that, there's some political motivation because the CEO of the company, this is the, he's the second cousin and he's going to get shit at his Thanksgiving dinner if he didn't promote, you know, this person, even though he knows mm. he's totally terrible. Um, but then you find solutions around it. And, you know, the, the, there's always a solution to any situation like that. And that solution is yourself. Okay. Because you can, uh, you, you can change. One, you can analyze and say, okay, maybe this isn't the company for me. This isn't, mm. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Uh, even though that might be risky and dangerous, but, you know, why not? Um, uh, instead of suffering somewhere that you're not appreciated. Um, and then, but if it is genuine and you're supportive and you're happy for that person, like, it's great. I mean, like, we've had successes and doesn't it feel nice when other, somebody else supports it? You like hanging out with people that are positive and have a positive outlook and aren't down all the mm. time. You don't want to hang out with somebody that's negative all the time. And, mm. and, um, yeah. So, you know, then you, I think positive attracts positive. Okay. And you just, yeah, it just escalates up. I can't remember where this idea came to me, this idea, like, but it really like that the success of others is your success. And it's something that I think a lot about because I, I mean, I'll openly admit, like I sometimes struggle when I see my friends being successful. Obviously, like I'm happy for them. There's no part of me that's like, I want my friends to fail. But there's because I, I do have insecurities that, that that come out, you know, and when I see my friends succeeding, then it reminds me of places where I feel I have failed or where I feel like I'm not succeeding as rapidly or as uh, as much. So, I mean, you're in an industry, for example, Justin, I mean, you're in the film industry. Uh, I, I see that being particularly relevant, this idea. I mean, how does that sound when I say that? Like, that someone else's success is your success. The more successful your friends are and the higher positions they have and achievements or whatever is the more opportunities that they'll be able to help you because, you know, as long as you're authentic and can provide whatever they're looking for mm. or are talented or whatever it is everybody wants to help their friend so you know i've i will always try to hire somebody that i know that's a friend of mine even if they're not maybe 
100% qualified for the job, but I know that they're going to put their full heart into it mm. and everything. I'm going to I'm going to hire that person first. Mm. Um, and it's vice versa, um, where I have colleagues who have been very successful and they've hired me onto jobs because, you know, they liked being with me and they knew that maybe it wasn't 100% fit, but I was going to put everything into it to yeah. to make their project succeed and ultimately make them look good because you don't want to make your friend look terrible right? in a work environment. It's an ugly emotion. We don't like to admit that we feel it. Um, yeah. But of course, like when people are doing well, there's a part of me that does get a bit jealous, you know, of course, because again, it points to those areas in my life where I feel I'm not having the success or achievement or growth that I would like to have. And this idea of, of the success of others is your success has really helped to alleviate that a lot of me. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, lip service. I think it's genuinely true. I mean, I, you know, even like, like if nepotism, we're, it starts to sound a bit like nepotism. We're like, I just hire people I know. But like, there's a reality there that when your friends are doing well, when people you know and care about are doing well, when your colleagues do well, you know, they're, it's sort of like, um, I like to think of it like a rocket ship, you know, like a rocket ship whizzing past pulls things along with it. You know what I mean? So when you have people around you who are doing well, it, it, it helps to alleviate that, that, that unfortunate jealousy that can arise when I think like, yeah, they're doing well, which one makes me happy for them. And two, like on a more personal level, yeah, like that success is only going to continue the momentum of the success of people around them. So like just enjoy it and just, you know, see where you can help them continue their, their journey upward and how you can be a part of that journey upward, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, I think, you say nepotism, but it's kind of, it happens. We, everybody does it subconsciously to a yeah, certain yeah, degree. Definitely. Um, there was a really great cartoon that I saw when I was young, uh, which showed me the, uh, it was basically, it shows like this robber who's wearing a black and white striped thing and this old lady mm. walking with her purse and he grabs the purse and, uh, and the lady, old lady gets upset and she grabs a police officer and she drags him and they, they find the, uh, the robber like going through her purse around the corner and, uh, and the robber turns around to the police officer and they're like, Hey, and the, the police officer's like, Hey, <laughs> so the old lady like storms off upset and then it shows them in a courtroom and it's the police officer and the robber in the courtroom and the defendant's table. And they're like sad and forlorn and the old lady's really happy. And the judge walks into the room and goes, Hey, and the cop <laughs> and the burglar, Hey, it says the importance of having friends, <laughs> having friends. That's amazing. We cut to, um, a street corner where uh, a guy is dressed in full burglar outfit. He's got the black and white striped shirt. He's got the, the black mask, the black little beanie, um, just the mask covering, just his eyes, uh, and an old lady with a purse. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so like uh, you can see how I'm dressed. I think you get what this is about. You want to just hand it over? Oh, yes, young man, absolutely, with great pleasure. Oh. Um, you would like to have my shoes, yes? Uh no, no, I want your purse. I want your purse. Let's make this quick. Come on. Oh, but I wouldn't suggest you take my purse because it doesn't go with your outfit, young man. Well, it will clash. Well, I don't care that your orange purse will not go with my outfit. I don't want the purse. I want what's inside the purse. Just give me the purse, lady. Oh, you want my purse? Oh, you're such a such a persistent young man. I really think my shoes would go much better with your outfit. All right, give... Give me the shoes. I'll, they're Dolce & Gabbana. I'll hawk those two. Give them to me. Give them here. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, would you like my scarf? Let, let me tie this scarf around your neck. Oh, look, you look so nice with that on, young man. Well, it really, it really brings out the, the, like the, the structure in my cheeks, doesn't it? It really brings out that bone structure. Oh, yes. Look, your eyes are just popping with the radiance of the sky. Oh, wow. Oh. Thanks so much for the scarf. Can I, 
Oh yes, no. Oh, oh. Can Would I you, just? I want. Just, can I just try on your wedding wedding ring? Can I just oh, try that on? Of course, you can try on my wedding ring. There you go, young oh. man. Oh, doesn't that fit well? Oh, it just oh. Goes, it slides right on there. Oh yes, and oh, would you would you like my coat? You look a bit cold. Let me put my coat. Can on I be you. honest? I have been freezing all day long walking around in this burglar's outfit. It's really not suited for this Berlin weather. No, no, not at all. That's much more suited for French uh, climates. Yes. Oh, this yes. coat. Oh. So oh. soft. You're so amazing. I can't believe you're just giving me all your clothes and making me look so good. I just feel, I don't know, I just feel 10 times bigger. I feel 10 times more excited to be the man than I am. Well, because I want you to be the best person you can be. You know, when you're out robbing people, it's such a shame when you're dressed like that. You can only rob an old lady's purse. But I want you to do bigger things, much all right, all right, all right. Police control here. What do we get? Oh, this is Mrs. Thompson. Oh, yes. Hello. How are How you? How are you doing, Mrs. Thompson? Oh, I'm doing very well. Nice to see you again, Officer Johnson. And who is the uh, young gentleman here? Uh, my name is Paul. Oh, and, hi, uh, Paul. And I'm going to need your wallet, your gun, and your handcuffs. Oh, uh, oh my goodness, Paul. Um, All right, young boy. Do you know who I am? Do you see that little star here? Listen, when I was a punk burglar wearing punk burglar clothes, I made punk burglar crimes and I robbed old ladies. But Mrs. Thompson has shown me that I'm, I'm worth more. I'm worth much more. And in this new outfit, I've never felt so successful in my life. Now hand over the gun, the handcuffs and the wallet. Officer, now. I do believe he does have a point. I think his badge would look very, very nice as a brooch on the jacket that the, he's wearing, that, on the coat. That 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 badge is going to tie together. The, it's just like the, a brooch. It's going to tie the, the whole outfit ensemble. together. It, goes, it matches directly with the ring. Mrs. Thompson, how many times did I tell you that this is illegal? Now, listen, I'm going to be... Oh, come I'm on. I'm going to be helping. Here we go. Young boy, Paul, right? That was it. That's right. All right. Like, take my... Oh, my God. It just ties oh. the whole ensemble together. You know, do you know what I think would look really good on you? What's that? You need some sort of belt, maybe a holster with something. You know, oh. come on, uh, officer, give him your, your holster. Mrs. Thompson, what did I... All right. Here oh, we go, look, that boy. looks so I nice. It just comes so around the waist. Great. It just tightens it up. Just lovely. Now, hey. let me tell you again that this is illegal. This is my job to tell you guys that this is illegal. It should not be happening. <gasps> look over there. Two guys are robbing an old lady. Hang on a second. I'm not going to let that happen. Hey, come come over here. Come back here, you two. Oh. A, a, a foot chase ensues. We see a montage. There's there's the, the, the two burglars. They look and they see the cop running at them and they decide that they have to make a break for it. They drop the purse. They start running. They jump a fence. They jump a fence. There's a dog barking. They throw a gas grenade. It explodes. Gas flying everywhere. They they jump into they they hijack someone's car and they're driving down the street. High speed chase. There is a helicopter flying around the city, restrained to chase the two burglars. And then boom, they crash into a wall. All right, all right, you two. Now I'm I'm the law here in this situation. I'm gonna need both of your IDs and those glasses you're wearing right there would look smashing with my outfit. Hand over those glasses right now. Oh, uh, I don't want to give my glasses. My, these are my glasses that my grandpa gave them to me. Well. Yeah, this one, we didn't steal. Well, I don't care because it's, it's, it, listen, I need these glasses. It's, it's, it's going somewhere. <sighs> oh my goodness. You young children run so quickly these days. Oh, no, Mr. I Thompson. think you should, I think you should give your glasses to him. But I don't want to. It. My, my, they mean to. No, come wait. on, young man. Oh, 
you know what? I think maybe he's right. Maybe she's right. We should give my Oh, they do look good on you. They, they make your eyes great. just radiate like the sky. Listen, um, you guys are about to be in a lot of legal trouble, uh, both of you, I'm afraid, uh, for what you've just done. So uh, I'm going to represent you in court. That's how we're going to do this. We cut to the courtroom. Uh, a very smashing uh, <laughs> ensemble outfit uh, of, a, of a guy is dressed and uh, he's standing before the judge. Uh, Your Honor, I would like to plead for the innocence of these two people. But before we get started with that, I'm going to need that gavel. Uh, um, okay, Mr. Attorney. Uh, Paul, is it right? That's right, Attorney Paul. Uh, can I, I, for some reason you're new in town, right? Because I didn't get any of your diploma on my desk. Can I get your gavel, um, please? Uh, sorry, uh, Your Honor, um, could I just say something? I think the gavel would go with his outfit very well. Oh, is that you, Mr. Uh, Thompson? Yes, oh, absolutely. Oh, such a pleasure to see you. Of right, of course, Paul, here are my glasses. No, your gavel, your gavel. Oh, your gavel, this is a little... Thank you, I'll oh, keep yes. the glasses, but... Uh, and we cut to uh, the White House Oval Office. <laughs> <laughs> we have these uh, uh, beautiful ensembles sitting in front of the President of the United States. Well, I'm the President of the United States, and uh, you're standing in front of me. Uh, what do you want in my office? Well, first of all, I'm going to bang the gavel to call this uh, meeting to session. <laughs> this meeting is now in session. Uh, yeah, Mr. President, I'm going to need that red tie and that suit jacket. Um I think it's time for you to step down. Uh, I look the part, and uh, I'm ready for this. Oh, I think it's a good idea. You should probably do that, Mr. Thompson. Oh, my, my how do you get in the Oval Office as well? She's my sidekick. She goes everywhere I go. Uh, uh, well, well, I mean, uh, I, I guess you do make a good point that my tie, my red tie would look good with you. And uh, Well, with the red tie goes the red button, so here you go. All right, and that is going to solve the North Korea problem in three, two, one. Oh, I've got a heart attack. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> All right, boy, oh boy. <laughs> Escalated. That was, uh, I think, because it was Paris Fashion Week last week. Yeah. So. Gonna... Is there anything else you'd like to say, uh, Justin, on the topic of make everyone else look good? Um, you're an advocate for it. You're, you're, you're really fucking good at it. What are some tips to helping people look good? Uh, compliment them on things that you notice, um, just whether they're from their storytelling or from a characteristic that they have or something that they're wearing. I mean, just literally like the first thing that pops in your head that you're like, I like this about this person, share that with them mm. um, and you'll make them feel good and thus make everything, make the world a better place. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, before we wrap up, we always like to play a little game uh, to, to wrap up the show. And I thought we could play a conducted story, maybe. The way this game works, uh, there is a conductor who will decide who will start telling the story. At any point during the story, the conductor can change who the teller of the story should be. Uh, and uh, if you make a mistake, if you make a grammatic, if say something grammatically incorrect, if you repeat a word, uh, then you're you beaten. are out. Exactly, you're beaten. You're beaten. Uh, so that's how this game works. Henry's going to be our conductor for this story. Yes, it's In crucial to listen. Yes. That's the main point of the story. And maybe since True. this is a podcast and pointing is not uh, easy for our yes. visitors to see, maybe you Let's can just say a, a name. You can just say the name of the person. Or snap. To. Or snap, yeah. Okay, cool. That'll, okay. Be, that, that'll be the thing. All right. Uh, do, we, do you guys want a word of suggestion? Yeah. Uh, 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 yes. Could we please have a word of suggestion? Uh, Bambi. Bambi. Ah. Is your suggestion. Yeah. Starting in three. Wait, who's, who's starting? I'm going to point at one of you. Oh, wow. Three, two, one, improv. Bambi was a lovely little deer. 
He loved his life. Everything about his life was joyous and full of glee. He awoke every day in the forest thinking, Oh boy, I'm so excited to be here. I have so many friends. I have so many things to do. I'm going to play in the ocean. I'm going to run in the rivers. I'm going to eat the flowers. Bambi loved his life. So much so that one day he decided to go to a place called Las Vegas. And he wanted to see the sparkling, shining lights of the desert. He didn't want to be in the oceans anymore or in the woods. He wanted the desolation of just Nevada. And he said, what could a, what could a person do with the name Bambi? When, when, we're going to edit that. What, what was the last word that you said? When you're, when. What could a person do called Bambi? Yeah. So can you clap again? When, uh, do it one time. Walking through the desert. Uh, so Bambi decided to collect a bit of an entourage. He didn't want to go alone. He wanted to bring his friends with him. So he called up Thumper, his best bunny friend. He called up Sheila, his best crab friend. He called, he called up Marion, his best sparrow friend. And he said, hey, everyone, let's go to Las Vegas. And we're going to start a stripper club. It's going to be the most amazing stripper club you could ever imagine. Just imagine, we have the names. Bambi, Thumper, Crab. Marion. Marion. These are all, we're literally destined (laughs) to be strippers. So off they went to seek their fortune in Las Vegas. They crossed the terrible desert. It was so horrifying, so difficult. They struggled. They scratched. They tried so hard to, to get through the desert, because they, but knowing that their dream was at the end, they, were, they, they kept their eyes on the prize. The worst part was passing Baker and the old mall that was the outlet mall. It was just desolate and just tumbleweeds rolling. And then they had to go to... To uh, another, pl- they had to go through the parking lot and fight their way through the hordes of zombies that they found there, and run through the the parking lot with chainsaws that Bambi could barely hold with his little hoof hands. But that was fine because he had practiced it ch- chopping down trees in the forest and was very violently appropriate towards taking this chainsaw with the zombies. Once the zombie problem was solved, they, they continued on their way, merrily, happily, all the way down to Las Vegas. And once there, they were met with another challenge. To find the right plot of land for their new strip club. That was no easy task, as most of the strip had been taken uh, and was already owned by very, very uh, rich property owners who want to see nothing but mini malls. But Bambi said, we're going to build the best strip club in Las Vegas. Now give me the deed to your land immediately. Thumper is uh, pretty violent here if he uh, if he doesn't like you. So I suggest you sign those papers right now. Now. And if you don't, then uh, you're going to see what we forest creatures can do. Now look here, kid, said the guy from Las Vegas. We don't just let anybody come into Vegas and use our strip. I don't care if you got a name, uh, you've got a guy named Thumper, even though he looks pretty violent to me. I'm I'm pretty violent myself. I got a whole gang. I got a guy called called Louie over here who will go to work on Thumper. Suddenly, Thumper jumped up and bit the face of the man off. <laughs> oh, you want some luck? Well, I've got two lucky feet right here. That's oh, it. Oh. Heart attack. I had a heart attack. I had a heart attack. Boy, good job, guys. That, that was, was uh, uh, that was challenging. 
That was an interesting story. I, I'm not sure. Well, it was. It definitely. I don't know how many deer live close to the ocean. I don't know what was going on. I in was my thinking brain that I was swimming <laughs> in the ocean with like dolphins. Oh my Bambi God. with dolphins. Uh, Mixing different Disney movies. <laughs> Justin, uh, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Absolute pleasure to have you back in Berlin. Absolute pleasure to have you on Improvise Till You Make It. Uh, we always like to give a chance for all of our guests to plug whatever they want to plug. Anything you'd like to tell the world, anything you'd like to advertise, anything you'd like to say. Where can we find more about you? Where, where, where can we find you? Uh, it, I'm going to tell you. Dennis. No, I will tell you. Dennis. Fine, I'll tell you. Okay, whoa. Okay, Smeagol. <laughs> um, well, I have this thing called Instagram. Instagram. I don't know, you guys have you heard of it? It's uh, instantaneous gram. It's like blogging, but with yeah. photos. Ah. It's kind of cool. Um, and uh, my handle on Instagram is very humble. It's be just incredible. B e just incredible. Or you can go to YouTube and you can. Uh, YouTube Justin Thompson uh, and then put TED and there's a TED talk about where I speak about improvisation and how it improved my life. All right. So we can check you out and be sure to check Justin Credible out on Instagram at, at be just incredible. Be sure to check out Justin Thompson TED on YouTube to check out his uh, improv. So you did a TED talk on how improv can change your life. Yes, I did. Wonderful. It's well, also in my Instagram link in the bio. You can click on that. All right. Great. Well, and I'm on all the dating apps, every single one of them. Okay. So look yes. up as Justin Credible or Justin Thompson? No, just inside you. Just- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Improvise Do You Make It. Justin, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm Blake. I'm Henry. And we're Henry, Henry and, and Blake. Blake. Thank you very much. Tune in next week and we'll see you next time. Ciao. 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 Hey, oh my God, that was great. Oh my God.